0: You know, one of my favorites and, and something that I think has, has probably resonated with most people that have seen it and, and given us feedback is the side-by-side comparison uh, and the version control. You hired a freelancer to help you out and now you're trying to figure out if, if the feedback is being accounted for correctly. So you can look at two versions side-by-side and actually see what changed and say, oh yeah, we did fix that problem.
1: Hello and welcome back. This is Tom Parrish and I'm here with Emery Wells, co-founder of Frame.io. To talk to you about their new cloud based media collaboration platform. Emery, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tom. I'm glad you're here because I'm excited to talk about this Frame.io. I've actually been seeing and hearing lots of little bitty hints and excitement uh, on Twitter and various other areas, so it's great to have this chance. Let me set a little context for the listeners. Here's a question for you How's it going, really? In sharing files with remote clients and teammates and whatnot on your projects, let me guess—you probably use Dropbox to access files or give access to files, maybe Hightail or Google Drive. And then it's kind of a guessing game as to what the client was actually willing to use on their end. Uh, well, we've got video—we've got Vimeo for viewing files, uh, but you know, where do you put your discussion? Okay, that goes in email, but then how do you find the latest one related to this part of the video file? You know how the story goes. So let's get to the point. The whole process of collaborating with a whether it's a new prospect you're trying to bring along or a client on an existing project, it's kind of a Rube Goldberg collection of disparate tools. And we all know this and we all just sort of deal with it. But there was a phrase written on the frame.io site that got my attention. It said, we replace the hodgepodge of Dropbox for file sharing, Vimeo for video review, and email for communication, but that's just a start. Did you write that, Emory?
0: I did write it. That that was seemed to be a very popular phrase, and and I think we changed it to that phrase minutes before we uh, decided to go live, and it <laughs> resonated very
1: well. Yeah, I was gonna say it must have just like you know, like well, yeah, that's the issue, you know. I mean, all right. So this idea of a better tool for collaborating, you know, as I've had my attention on this for some time and lots of various vendors have come my way, either at NAB or to me personally, showing me what they had over the last few years. I think Frame.io, though, is different, and I'll tell you why. After I had a demo and a conversation with our guest, Emery, I realized someone has designed this tool set from the perspective of a professional media person, not simply a software engineer with a good idea. And turns out that's Emery. Here's the deal Emery is a senior colorist and founder of Catabatic Digital in New York, and he's part of the design team on this new product. That's a big deal. So let's learn about why this tool is going to be the right answer for many of us in the business. So, Emery, before we get into the tools, I think it's relevant and useful. Tell us about yourself. I understand you're a colorist there in New York.
0: I am. For the past several years, um, I've, I've been the senior colorist at my post-production company, Catabatic Digital. And, you know, I've sort of worn every hat that there is to wear in the sort of media <laughs> production, post-production process. So yeah, it's really built from a place of feeling you know every bit of pain that you can feel throughout the process, ah, so you know, sure, I've been a colorist for years now, but i've I started uh, as a as a visual effects artist and compositor. I've been a motion graphics artist, I've been a digital imaging technician. I've produced shows for broadcast. Um, so I've really you know sort of experienced it all
1: <laughs> And the pain of it all too, with clients, yeah, definitely. And do you think in general, uh, I don't know about New York, it's hard for me to say, but in my business, in, in Austin, I would say eight-tenths of my business is remote, people calling me from different areas and whatnot. I know in New York, being a bit of a hub, you have people that bring you stuff right then and there, but I'm guessing you're also seeing quite a lot of remote distributed work.
0: Yeah, well, interestingly, you know, over the past few years, it's, it's really gotten significantly more remote. Uh, even though a lot of our clients oh. are a few blocks away, they, they yeah. just increasingly don't want to come sit in a room, <coughs> you know, all day. <laughs> I don't blame them. I mean, it's boring. Yeah. I, I think actually the the creative process is is really hindered by, by that structure. You know, the structure of it, it, the structure, of, it, it's good and bad. So, you know, trying to be creative while a room of people are staring at you <laughs> is hard. You know, I mean, I, I don't know about you, sitting, but yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't do my best work that way. My, my best work is sort of when I'm alone and focused right. on the flip right. side, you know, this is uh, filmmaking is so inherently collaborative. And especially when you're working with, with clients, you're really, it's all about kind of delivering their vision. So having them right then and there to communicate and work through issues c- can be a help. But, you know, I think. With a tool like Frame.io, you kind of get the best of both worlds, where you can sort of work by yourself and be focused, but still have that sense of collaboration that you get when you're together.
1: Okay, so let's get on then in the Frame.io, because um did you come up with that name, by the way?
0: Uh My co-founder and I, I mean, I think anyone that's come up with a, a name for a company and searched for a accompanying domain has... Uh, <laughs> Has, has probably felt the pain of trying to find a good name where you can actually purchase the do, the domain for under a million dollars. I mean, short you know, short domain. It is a you know, it is a .io. It's not a .com, but .io is seems to be very in vogue at the moment. Um, but we have. I mean, I could. Uh, I, I you know, at some point in our future, I think it'd be fun to share the the list of hundreds and hundreds of <laughs> names that we that we came up with.
1: That'd be a great blog article for the site. Um, yeah. Well, I actually, I think it's very catchy. I thought it was very intentional. It made, made a lot of sense to me.
0: Oh, it certainly was intentional. I mean, yeah, we yeah. we spent probably the, the better part of a year um, trying to come up with the perfect name. So,
1: <laughs> All right, well, then let's dig on into it. Um, what, uh, to you, are the key features of Frame.io, in particular, that make it... We'll sort of start out with the ones that are key that make it better than some of these other solutions, because that's... You know, I think you're going to have two types of listeners. You're going to probably the majority of the listeners... I haven't really used one of these tools much. They've used the, you know, the Rube Goldberg collection. Yes. Um, so that's going to be pretty apparent once you start hearing about the tool that. Well, you know, forget that. Uh, but the, but then there are some other tool vendors have made an effort. So which ones you? What what do you think really stands out most? Uh, so in terms
0: of how we are approaching this differently.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, so I think uh, so. First, if you if you look at this sort of hodgepodge that that everyone's using, as you said, it's really apparent as you combine these services together into one cohesive experience. Um, the benefits are astoundingly clear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you are using one of the other companies that's that's trying to provide a solution specifically for this space, I think what you find is they fall into one of two categories. You'll have companies that are sort of very narrowly focused on video review and and it's and it's really that that kind of private vimeo idea. And they generally don't support um, they have very slim storage plans, so it's not really about file sharing. in fact, many of them only support video and don't support other types of, of files. Uh-huh. Uh, and then on the other end of the spectrum, you have companies that are trying to get your source, media, your camera original files into a cloud storage environment where they're transcoded in the cloud. Available for preview, and the original files are available for distribution uh, to a team of of people that could be located all over the world. and And these companies are generally <laughs> focused on, uh, you know, large media companies and enterprise clients. They're expensive, and they they oh, yeah. generally fall short on the collaboration side. So mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. taking kind of both extreme ends of that spectrum and putting it mm-hmm. together. So we have the. Uh, the file sharing aspects and the you know robust camera original file format support in addition cool. to um really great review and collaboration tools uh, we support not just video but any type of multimedia format so we are starting with a focus on video but you know if you only do video you're really not solving the problem because as, as right. video people we have to deal with all these other types of files audio files and still files um, and, and we think that approach is wrong that sort of I'm I'm the video site and I'm the audio site and I'm the photo site. It's like well, you know, most creative people, especially now, that's all converging. So we Mm -hmm. want to provide the best support for all those different multimedia types. And again, video is kind of the start uh, our focus right now. But uh, from day one, you know, we support audio files. We support still files. If we don't if we don't support it if we're not able to generate a preview from the file that you drop into frame i/o we still let you upload it and you can use it for file sharing so we may not have a preview of say um, you know we don't, we don't have a preview of a PDF file right now but you can share your PDF file and keep all your stuff in one place right right
1: yeah well and that's the sort of stuff that comes along in time easily enough it's not a big deal right uh, well all right so Let's just move on into to more about the tools. You mentioned the fact that you're going to be supporting uh, c- uh, raw camera codecs and log files and things. On the uh, target audience side, w- w- what would you say your target audience is for the tool set? So it turns out that actually we sort of all have
0: the exact same problems, whether you're an individual or a larger organization. Uh, yeah. The core problems are the same. So the core problems are about um, access communication uh, communication and collaboration so you know if you're a big company you'll you might you know you might need a, some kind of different admin features and, and structure around that but the core tools tool sets the same so we're trying to make it as accessible as possible and we'll have pricing plans that are appropriate for people like you that are just in you know uh, sort of individuals uh, all the way up to to major media organizations
1: so I'm just curious since you've been developing the tool and working with the tool some What's the one aspect of Frame IO that you personally sort of get a bit of a, a jolly out of? You know, just wet your whistle when you use it. You kind of go, oh, jeez, oh, just so glad we've got that in there now.
0: Uh, you know, I think that changes every week. As soon as we get, <laughs> as soon as we get a new feature working, I think that's my my favorite for the week. Uh, I, you know, one of my favorites, and and something that I think has, has probably resonated with most people that have seen it and, and given us feedback is is the side by side comparison uh, yeah. and the version control. Because yeah. you know, it's like there's during the creative process, there's an endless number of versions and. So a keeping track of those versions and uh, and then b being able to kind of see that the progression as you go from version to version. In some cases, it may be, all right. Well, you got some feedback. Uh, you know, so so say you're on uh, the side of you hired a freelance you hired a freelancer to help you out, and now yep. you're trying to know, figure out if if the feedback is being accounted for correctly. So you can Mm -hmm. look at two versions Mm -hmm. side by side and actually see what changed and say, oh, yeah, we did fix that problem. Uh, Or sometimes, you know, a change is very minute and it's kind of hard to tell when you're just watching it, um, just watch it by itself. So seeing it side by side can can show you. And, and other times it's, you know, maybe it's during an edit and you're like, man, you know what? I think a week ago we had a different shot here that I really liked. I think we, you know, I wonder, what was that version? And then you can just go back to it and see, oh, is that shot, you know, that shot works better. Let's, let's put that shot back in here. Uh, so things like that, There's, you know, a million different reasons for side by side. You're a colorist, I know. So side by side for, for showing a before cool. and after of <laughs> yeah. color grading. Um, you know, that's so important because as a colorist, it, it's very, it, you know, sometimes uh, for someone to really appreciate what you've done, you have to show them where you started, and and that can be helpful.
1: Oh, yes. Well, okay, so what I wanted to do next uh, to keep this uh, compact and efficient for people that are listening is you and I just go through the list of features, at least that I know of, somewhat pseudo-commentary style, so we, so we cover them all because it's it's not fair to just talk about the highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first ones I actually didn't quite fully understand. I appreciate the benefit, just wasn't sure how it worked. Was accelerated uploading in the browser uh, for fast and efficient media file loading. What, what does that mean exactly?
0: Yeah, so there is um, there's different there's different ways you can upload files through a web browser, yeah. and uh-huh. the most common is using the HTTP protocol, mm-hmm. and you know, that works natively in a browser without any plugins, which is great, but it's inherently slow um, yeah. because yeah. It, every, every, all the data is sent in small packets, and it sends yeah. one packet at a time, and then the receiving end has to send a notice back and say, hey, did you get it? He said, yeah, I got it, and that, that, that sort of handshake goes back and forth, and that slows down the, the available bandwidth, or, or you know, the, it slows down the connection speed using HTTP. Um, yeah. Now, other competitors... They use different protocols. There's a protocol called UDP, which is better for blasting data, and you can really saturate bandwidth. But that that's not that's not natively supported in a browser, so you have to use something like a Java applet. I don't know if you've you know used Java oh, applets, yeah. but they're terrible. I mean, it's a terrible, uh, I hate them. it's awful. Um, so we I didn't we it. didn't want to use a Java applet. We needed to get around the the speed limitations of HTTP. So we developed. Um, our own method for for uploading large files, which is to break up a file on the front end into multiple streams, multiple HTTP streams, and we're able to fully saturate the bandwidth. So we get around two two limitations. One, the file size limitation of HTTP, which is five gigabytes, and two, the speed limitation.
1: Okay, well, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's like one of the big things we're all waiting on is for the file to transfer you know, and part of the overhead there is what way are you going to transfer it?
0: Yeah, and this isn't, you know, it's not magic. You're still going to be limited by your available bandwidth, but at least we're going to be able to take advantage of the bandwidth you have, which is something that doesn't happen in just a standard, you know, web-based upload. And that's why FTPs are faster than, you
1: know, faster than uploading over the web. Yeah, I love FTP, but clients never figure it out. Cloud transcoding of video assets, well, uh, that's all uh, pretty, pretty understandable. When when you release, uh, I guess uh, you, you, can you kind of rattle off a potential handful of codecs you think are that you'll be supporting and all that?
0: So right out of the gate, there's there's going to be hundreds of, of formats that we support. Um, oh, okay. Some of the some of the you know re- the, like the raw formats, those are going to take us a little bit more time to get supported. Um, I, you yeah. know, I don't think we're going to have. R3D files the day we launch, and you know Airy RAW the day we launch. But, <laughs> but those are file formats that, that we are planning on adding. They're just they're just yeah. not going to be there right. at launch. Right.
1: Takes time. Uh, hover scrubbing, which uh, which was actually probably my next most cool feature uh, for instant preview of clips. So I mean that's fairly understandable. It's it's not something you normally see, you know. So it's very nice to have that.
0: Yeah, the whole interface is designed for um, being able to look at stuff as, like, as quickly as possible. So Hover Scrub is one example of that. Uh, as, you, uh-huh. as you just hover your mouse over a clip, you, right. you can see a preview of that video. Um, mm-hmm. We also have a quick look feature. So you can space bar over any clip and it just instantly pops up and shows you. So you don't have to dive into the player just to kind of quickly go through and see what's going on in a clip.
1: Yeah, and as a matter of fact, that's probably worth saying at that at this point because I don't think it's listed in here. Is at any point while you're reviewing the clip, you could, you said you could just start typing and then the notes will show up with a time code next to it or something like that. If you are
0: if you're in the player page, if you're the yeah, if you're in the, player, yeah, page, you're in the yeah. player page, as you start typing, the the video will pause so you can um, you know finish your thought, get your thought out, whatever your feedback is or comment is, and when you hit enter, just resume. So and that's an option that you can turn on and off, pause while typing.
1: Does it, does it, does it drop in the time code for you right there in the, Yes, it does. Or, yep, It'll be tagged okay. with the time code where you, where you so paused we, it. Okay. One less thing to type in correctly. Uh, all right, well, cool, um, seamless drag and drop interface for simple manipulation of files, content and communication, um, I guess you just sort of mean kind of moving stuff around yeah, in the just, interface. Yeah, it's just, yeah, just drag and yeah. drop, very, very desktop-like yeah, right. behavior. Yeah. Uh, private workspace, so you can have both your own private one and then separate ones for clients, I guess, right?
0: Well, e- the way it works is uh, each project is private by default and ah, you can, yeah. um, okay. so you add people in to, to grant them
1: access. Side-by-side version comparison, we talked about that. Uh, what, you say, what, you get, what you see is what you get presentation mode for brand presentation creation. What is it you mean by that exactly? So this is something that we're not going to have in the
0: initial launch, but we are we are working on a way to create branded presentations, something that you could send um, that represents your brand. It wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't require somebody to log in to see it. So the idea is, you know, Uh. you work with your team members, your collaborators, your clients in in this, uh, you know, in in the interface that, that people have been seeing screenshots of. But then there's often times when somebody needs to see it that is kind of, you know, outside the process of creating it they just need to kind of see the finished thing and you want to mm-hmm. you want to create a presentation for them to look at so that's that's the idea of that cool cool be
1: good for prospects too I suppose I like that um, all right and then of course the ability to publish YouTube and Vimeo and that's that's pretty well known and uh, certainly going to be kind of a requirement these days so
0: yeah and I, I think what's important to note is that y- you know we're not um, well one is we have a, a, a line on our homepage that says picking up where vimeo left off and that and that's not meant to to be negative about vimeo and in fact i i love vimeo i think they're a great service we're just taking it to a level that they chose not to go to and that's that's what we mean by picking up where vimeo left off um Mm -hmm. and you know we're not trying to be a distribution platform so we think vimeo is great for that we think youtube's great for that this is all about managing your work and your work in progress yeah yeah totally
1: Totally makes sense. Uh, did I leave anything off? Anything you want to add on the feature, feature and benefits list?
0: Uh, I think that's all for now and I don't want to give any I would love to tell you
1: <laughs> yeah I, I'm more coming more coming yeah here. I'm I'm learning
0: yeah. I'm learning how to how to not share what we're working on
1: yeah it's okay I've been there it's probably best to manage expectations that's so not a problem uh, You got a lot of people rooting for you okay it's time to talk cost and release date within the bounds of what you can say because uh, people are going to be interested what's the plan uh, when we might see this sometime beginning of next year before NAB maybe most
0: definitely before NAB. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. we are. Uh, we'd like to have it out in the next few months. You know, we've we've missed a lot of our own internal deadlines, so which is which is why you know we're not. It would it wouldn't make sense for us to to give a release date, but yeah. we're working seven days a week, and so we hope that we can actually have a public beta out in the next few months. Uh, but absolutely before NAB. And in terms of cost, uh, that's also something we're not ready to share. We sure. we are getting closer every day to figuring out what the what the optimal pricing would be but we do want to make it as accessible as possible and and we are going to have plans that are available for individuals and small teams so it's not just going to be for
1: large organizations all right all right well that makes that makes sense well emory thank you so much it's a pleasure speaking with you and i'm personally really excited you know about the release of this new service because it's just something we all need and it very well, this may very well be the tool that many of us have, have wanted for some time, uh, as it's aimed specifically at what we do and created by someone who's got the same problems we do. So thank you for being on the show. My pleasure, thanks, Tom. All right. Thank you for listening. This podcast is produced in Austin, Texas by yours truly. I look forward to your feedback and any comments or suggestions for new shows. You can reach me at Tom at TomParish.com. Until next time, may your best be with you.